Hi, I'm Dee Hicks, and welcome to the School of Leadership, leveraged lessons from high-impact leaders. For the past 30 years, I've researched the disciplines, habits, mental models, and assumptions of the most effective leaders. This podcast takes what I've learned from over 2,000 of these influencers and distills it into practical tools and tips you can use immediately. So let's get started. Back in the day, we had a restaurant (laughs) and it was time to expand this restaurant. We've had a few restaurants over the years that have been ours or that we worked with or had some fun with and it was time to grow this one. So uh, since since it was mine, it was was my job to go to a big auction and get a bunch of new restaurant equipment. Well, it was new to us. So we uh, bought several hundred thousand dollars, if I remember correctly, of restaurant equipment so we could expand the kitchen. And then it was time after we won at the auction, which by the way was incredibly fun, for us to haul this stuff. <laughs> Spent a whole bunch of money and we thought, let's haul, it our, uh, <clears throat> let's haul it ourselves, you know, instead of hiring somebody else to do it. So I had a couple guys that were working with me come down and help me haul this stuff and put it in the back of the big trucks that we were going to haul it back to the, to the restaurant for the construction. And uh, uh, Lauren, one of the guys, let's call him Lauren, because that's what his name was, right? And he and I started to move the first big heavy piece. Maybe it was about the size of this table. If I remember correctly, it was like a, it was like a countertop and it maybe had some, it had some storage under it and it was one piece, so you couldn't really dismantle it. And it was stainless steel and uh, quite heavy. So it's time for us to pick this thing up and haul it out down to this bit of a hallway and then up uh, into, the, into the moving truck that we had waiting for us out there. So uh, I picked up the truck, picture this, I uh, picked up the table, I'm at one end and Lauren's at the other, and I picked up the table and started to move one way and he started to move the other way. And, and I looked at him and stopped and he looked at me and stopped and I moved to coordinate with him and he moved to go the other way. <laughs> we stood there with a little bit of a weird, awkward, stainless steel counter hauling dance for a hot minute. And I said, wait, and we set the thing down. And I looked at him and I thought, for a flash, uh, I've never moved anything with this guy before. I don't know if he knows how things are supposed to move. Come to find out, he really didn't. I said, all right, let's try this again. Let's pick it up together and let's go this way. And as we started to pick it up, he picked it up on a corner over here and I picked it up in the middle on this side. And so the thing was way out of balance and I didn't really realize why it seemed so heavy on one side till I glanced up and realized he was just hanging onto a corner as if he had an imaginary friend who came with him that was p- picking up the other corner. <laughs> well, if that was the case, that imaginary friend was actually sitting on the other corner. Moving that, as I recall, out, down, and up into that moving van was a bit of an adventure with this guy. It was difficult. He didn't seem to know where he was going, and everything he did made my work a little bit harder, no matter what I said. So got, got that deposited, hopped down, and then I said to him, why don't you go get that, which was a one-man job, and I'll go over here and work with Dave. So I hollered at Dave, and it was now my turn to pick up something with Dave and move it out. And it was smooth. It was a larger piece of equipment we were moving and harder to hang on to, but it was smooth. 
he and I both had a sense of where the center of gravity was, where he should hang on, where I should hang on. Should we go sideways or, or one of us back up? We had this sense of poetry about it when we moved. It was a whole lot easier for us to move together on that than it was for Lauren and I to move that other lighter, easier to hang on to piece of equipment. Well, what was the deal there? What was going on there? And I think that illustrates the lesson that you and I can take to the bank as leaders or managers or supervisors of people, someone who's trying to influence a group of people to work well together. Here it is. As a leader in that setting, I had two jobs. In fact, as a leader, you have two jobs. I hope you're kind of thinking of the, uh, the Pinterest fails that show up every once in a while. It says you have one job. And then there's a picture of somebody who failed even at that one job. It says uh, hamburger buns on the outside of the bag and it's stuffed full of hot dog buns, for example. You had one job. How hard could it be? <laughs> well, for us as leaders, we have two jobs. How hard can it be? Well, you know, it can be kind of hard sometimes, mostly because we think if we do these two jobs once, it should just stick. But no, we have to do these two jobs over and over and over and over and over again. What are our two jobs as leaders? These two jobs I did not do with Lauren, and I did do them with Dave. Here they are. Our two jobs as leaders are to create clarity and to create alignment. Clarity and alignment are like the right foot and the left foot of any person who's moving, of any organization that's moving. They're the first step and the second step, the first step and the second step. Clarity means we need to be crystal clear about why we're doing something. And we need to be crystal clear about what we're doing, especially in the broad strokes. Crystal clear about why we're doing it and crystal clear about what we're doing. Alignment, which is our second job, means that we need to be answer the question, who is doing this and who is doing that? Who's responsible for this and who's responsible for that? It's a pretty big deal as a leader if you take somebody and put them in the wrong place and say you're the one who's responsible for that but they don't know their head from a high rock or they're incredibly skilled in this area over here but there's no carryover into a new area that you've assigned them to. You may have even had this happen to you. It's going to take them a while to claw their way into some sort of average level of performance. They may get frustrated and give up before they ever get there. So we need to have the right people doing the right stuff. And we don't want to have two people doing the same thing at the same time if that work doesn't require that. That's yours, that's yours, and this is mine. And everyone knows what their role is. Of course, roles overlap. Of course, I do work that helps with your work. But we've got to make sure everyone knows who, whose is this? We also call that decision rights. Who has the decision on this and who has the decision on that? Therefore, who has the responsibility for that? Everyone in the enterprise needs to know who. All right, and then the second way you and I create alignment is to answer the question, how? Now remember, if how I'm doing it, and I'm working with you, runs at odds against how you're doing it, we are gonna have a problem. We will not have alignment if I like to do it this way, but you like to do it that way, and the two run into each other. I will make your work a lot harder than it needs to be, or you mine, if how we do it doesn't work together. 
common ways that we experience that problem or that lack of alignment is you take somebody who's an expert in an area and turn them loose and put them right alongside someone who's a novice and you don't say to the novice you need to learn from the expert. The novice might not even know he's a novice. <laughs> and so he's going to come up with a way that will add steps or do things that will make it harder for the expert to actually be successful. So when you think about creating clarity and alignment, your two jobs, you're creating clarity about why we're doing what we're doing and about what we're doing. And you're creating alignment about who's doing the work and how it's being done. And make sure that everyone understands what that is. Because you got two jobs. Create clarity, create alignment, create clarity, create alignment. And the reason that these jobs go on forever and ever and ever as a leader is because whenever a new way of doing it, a new how occurs, it's going to affect the who. That's going to affect the what and that's going to affect the why. If you come up with why, and the answer to a why is what result we're trying to achieve, if you come up with a why we should do something, it's going to affect everyone clear down front to the who. When the who steps in and starts to do it and then they figure out a better way to do it and they change the how, it'll change everything else. So these are dynamic and they're hooked together. So make sure you understand that your job is to create clarity and alignment, clarity and alignment over and over and over and over and over. If not, you will have an incredibly frustrated group of people. And who, the most frustrated person, of course, will be you. <laughs> Been there, done that. So how do you know if you actually have achieved clarity and alignment? Well, people talk about it. They have the same words that they use about it. They actually then do the work in such a way that everyone goes, oh, yeah, that's it. They talk about it and they do it. They say the words that are clarity and they do the action that's alignment. They do it over and over. They also find, you'll also find that they will use the why, the what, the who, and the how, the two sides of clarity and alignment, to solve problems. They'll use the same language. That's how you know. And if you ask this question, are you doing anything? that's uh, making your work harder than it needs to be? Or another version of that, are we doing anything that's making your work harder than it needs to be? When you ask that question, the answer is no, not really. Then you have created clarity and you've created alignment. Biggest mistake you and I can make as leaders or managers or supervisors is to have clarity here in our own head, but we have not passed that clarity off to someone else. I think because it's clear to me, because I said it once to you, it ought to be clear to you too. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. It has, you have to communicate it over and over and over and over again. Not just because people didn't get it the first time, but because situations in which that is applied change. How do you know when you don't have clarity? Well, the first thing that happened is there's unresolved conflict. Because if there is clarity and conflict arises, we move to resolving it. It's pretty easy, pretty straightforward to resolve. But if there's not clarity and not alignment, conflict has no way of being resolved. We get very frustrated with it. We can't have conflict with one another in a productive way. And it just goes underground and remains unresolved. Whenever there is a bunch of unresolved conflict in an organization, it is because you as a leader have not created clarity and created alignment. Another way you know that there is not clarity and alignment is if people are wasting a lot of time and energy, either because they're bored or because they're stressed out of their mind with too much to do, but it's all pointed in the wrong direction. 
when people are wasting their time and energy, it's because there is not clarity and alignment. Now, I don't mean an occasional bad hair day where things just don't go right. I don't mean that. I mean when people are perpetually wasting their time and energy, and everyone knows when they're doing it. Everyone knows when they're doing it. When that happens, it's because you do not have clarity and you do not have alignment. And another way, may, you could probably come up with a long list of other reasons, I'll give you one more, that we uh, make each other's jobs a lot harder than they need to be. That's what I mentioned earlier. I'm doing something because I really like to do it this way and I know it makes it harder for you, but I don't care. I'm just making it easy for me. Don't care if it's harder for you. That's how you know, at least some of the ways you know, when you've not achieved clarity and alignment. And that's also, before that, how you know when you have achieved clarity and alignment. People do it. They say it. They solve problems using it. So, back to Lauren and David. I wanted to work with David a lot and I found that as I started paying attention and I started actually leaning in and creating clarity, here's why we're doing this, here's what we're gonna do, and I started creating alignment. All right, who's gonna do what here? And how are you gonna do it? And then how are you gonna do that so that it works together? When I started to get clarity around that, I found that people like David were were just attracted to the kind of work that we did. We did a lot of really good work in that restaurant and then some of the other businesses that we were able to start and support and in time that went by. So it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. But I also found that um, Lauren was very difficult to work with and could never actually not understand the clarity and alignment. He just didn't like it. So he was constantly trying to do things in an odd sort of way. He never really, really fit because he was unable to listen to, hear, and follow the clarity, and he was unable to change his performance and his behavior, who does something and how it's done, so that he was in alignment with it. So remember, you got two jobs. <laughs> create clarity, create alignment, and it has to be created in the people that you lead, not just in your own sweet little head. <laughs> there you go. I hope that's helpful. There's a few minutes of your life that I hope you'll spin and spin and spin on and think about it and look around to see if you can create clarity and alignment. There's some clarity in this wonderful Canadian whiskey that I've got going on right here. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip this right now and think about other times where I did not do very well in creating clarity and alignment. Take care. Thanks for joining me in today's School of Leadership. This podcast is part of the Archimedes Experiment, leveraged wisdom from the world's most effective leaders. If you're interested in more, go to my website, dhicks.com. Remember, my first name has only one E. Well, you'll find more short and helpful podcast books and blog posts. If this was helpful, maybe even share it with some of your friends. Have a great day.